0: December 2nd, 1939, LaGuardia Airport opens, named after New York's most popular waterborne disease. Uh, Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And your guest is a friend of the show. Uh, You know him. You love him. Welcome back, Steve Vanderplug, everyone. Hi. Steve, thank you for- Steve. Steve-
1: I think you were on one of our very earliest episodes, right? The Caligula one, I think.
0: That was yes. a good two, two and a half I years that, ago. Yeah, that was like the second one.
2: Yeah, I did
1: that one. and I then...
0: think you judged the, um, I th- the John Lawrence one. Yeah, yep.
1: Well, so you could go back and listen to those. The Caligula episode, I think, is the episode that the alternate history reoccurred the most of any alternate history we've ever done. So kudos yeah, that- to you on
0: that. That is probably true, actually.
1: Uh, anyway.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, if you are... (laughs) Oh, I was about to do this, because...
1: Oh, I'm doing the thing. Okay, go ahead. Now I'm all... You and your technical Uh, difficulties fucked up the order of things, Brian. (laughs) Wait. There's a way things are supposed to be. (laughs) You came in, like the fucking 2016 election, and made everything go wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's the like sliding doors moment here. But if you're new to the show, listeners, uh, and you haven't left yet, um, what we do here is each episode we take a topic from history. One person presents the actual version of events, and another person comes up with a totally bananas uh, alternate version. And the winner gets to become the truth. Uh, but Brian, what happened last
1: time on the show?
0: Uh, I was just getting to that. <laughs>
1: I know. I was setting you up, Brian. I'm oh. trying to set you up. I'm, I'm your co host. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's supposed a very to make it feel natural. You just
0: barge in and are like, by the way, that thing you were doing. <laughs>
2: what was it? What
0: happened? <laughs> um, fuck, what was that? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, last time, uh, our last episode, the Christmas truce truce with Christy Buckley, the uh, actual history ended up winning out. So the lovely, charming, uh, true story that is ultimately tragic of the World War One Christmas truce is the yeah. truth so going So we forward.
1: ended up going with the harrowing, one of the most beautiful stories from history instead of whatever we came up with, which a bunch of shit jokes mixed in.
0: Yeah, uh, the, uh, there were some pretty good jokes in there, I gotta say. But this episode, uh, we are talking about uh, the Red Baron. Uh, another stop on our not the pizza, no, <laughs> no. That's no. not up to you to decide. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess that's true. It could you... be about the pizza.
0: <laughs> I mean, I honestly, when I picked this topic, I was like, "This is going in a pizza direction, no matter what." So you were, th- you were. Th- you only said the Red Baron, so
1: maybe you were talking about the pizza, and I accidentally researched the guy.
0: <laughs> no, I was. I I came up with this topic when I was just very hungry. Mm-hmm.
1: Never come up with topics yeah. on an empty stomach. They always say it's a
0: bad idea. Uh, Zach, you're doing the actual history this time. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and Steve, you're doing the alternate. Correct. All right. Well, uh, Zach, if you're ready, uh, why don't you take it away?
1: Uh, okay. Uh, so the man who would become the Red Baron was born.
0: That's That's not true.
1: This is not... This is not the 2016 presidential debate. Fake news. This is not (laughs) cross-examination. It's more of a Rashomon. Think Rashomon, uh, mostly. Um, I'll let you continue. So, yes. The man who would become the Red Baron, as I was saying, was born... 1892 and his name was Manfred Albrecht Freiherr von Richtenfahn. Um,
0: <laughs> That's a rough one. I like it.
1: He's the most German man. I think actually it's pronounced. Uh, weirdly Rick-talken. enough, the
0: competition for most German man became very problematic later on.
1: <laughs> but at this point it was okay to be the most German man. This is before the bad times for the most German man. (laughs) He was born in uh, 1892. The name uh, Freehair, which I mentioned as part of his absurdly long Mm. name, is actually German for free lord, which is sort of the same thing as a baron. So (laughs) uh, that's kind of a sneak peek of what's to come with this (laughs) fella. You also, it's worth looking up if you're curious, this guy's coat of arms, the Richthofen coat of arms, because it is fucking crazy. (laughs) It's got like two helmets and a guy in a chair and a stork (laughs) and two lions. I think this is just the Metallica
0: Ride the Lightning cover, actually.
1: There's another stork on top of one of the helmets. I think it's got some sugar. It's fucking crazy. It's the weirdest coat of arms I've ever seen. As
0: you say that. And it just.
1: It's on the Wikipedia page right under the main information on this guy. They went overboard in my personal opinion.
2: Wow, that thing's
0: intense. That is like. Yeah, someone needs an editor in there.
2: I like the crane at the top.
0: Yeah, it's like the
1: prequels of coat of arms. No one told him no (laughs) when they were designing it. Um, anyways, his he was a uh, rich Prussian, uh, but his childhood seems to have been fairly typical. Uh, he had a couple of brothers named Lothar and Bolko. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> off. Manfred Lothar and Bolko.
0: <laughs>
1: he also had a cousin named Wolfram. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, this is actually more and more of a metal band names. the more I listen to it. Totally.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know why anybody hasn't adopted this aesthetic yet, but, um... <laughs> oh, uh, old
0: Germany? Because, again, problematic. <laughs>
1: B- before that, this is Reich... This is Reich number two. We're not to Reich number
0: three yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just picture someone having to clarify that every 15 minutes.
1: <laughs> so, you know, he liked hunting and gymnastics and horseback riding, but, uh... Otherwise, he had a pretty typical rich kid childhood. He started training for the military when he was 11, though he didn't actually, you know, serve until the advent of World War II, at which time he was 18 years old. He, uh... Wait, World War One? You know, he... World War I, I should okay. say. Yes. um, He finished cadet training at 18, and he started doing, on ground missions, non-combat ground missions specifically, like reconnaissance and he was an envoy between officers, and uh, you know, rich, typical rich kid positions, in my opinion. <laughs> but Manfred found these particular missions extremely boring. He uh, uh, purportedly once wrote, "I have not gone to war to collect cheese and eggs, but for another
0: purpose." <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that sounds way better than what war actually is.
1: Well, apparently not to this guy who uh, wanted to do some fucking He's killing. He's a baron.
0: <laughs> he is a baron. Also, when you said wanted to do some fucking killing, it I I, I heard it as wanting to wanted to do some fucking, uh-huh. um, which was not what I anticipated.
1: I mean, maybe he wanted to do I both. Bet he baron could... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet they're Yeah. Oh,
0: I know. I pictured himself as like married to the plains.
1: I don't know. I mean, he's a young, attractive war hero, a symbol of a nation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he got, you know, he got some of that runoff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> some of that widow. <laughs> some um, of that war widow. I'm not going
1: to finish that yeah. sentence.
0: <laughs> I, I was like, oh, no matter which way this goes, there's going to be something unfortunate. <laughs> there, there's, that was like no-win situation. So... Predictably, you may have guessed, he joins
1: the uh, the German Air Force, um, and at this time, it's worth noting, this is like the advent of flying, mm-hmm. so airplanes are pretty shitty, <laughs> like, I, the wings are basically paper, <laughs> and it's like a little metal tube you sit in that doesn't even have a roof. It's the worst. <laughs> But uh, he joins uh, the, the Air Force and he meets his hero, who's a guy named Oswald Bullock, oh. who... Uh, yeah, <laughs> A German flying ace uh, at the beginning of the war who Rick Tolkien admired even after his own streak outshadowed Bullock's. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy kind of became his heir and his idol, Uh, initially, the Baron flew uh, as um, an observer on a plane who's like the second in command. Sometimes they man the gun, sometimes not. Um, And he's suspected to have gotten his first kill while he was not flying, but it's unconfirmed.
0: (laughs) Just in a bar.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, like, well, he was the observer and he was manning the gun, theoretically. right? Um, But yes, or in a bar,
0: that too. Or just like... Maybe he was f- driving drunk.
1: Flying and <laughs> Flying yeah. drunk. Yeah, He got his first kill drunk driving. <laughs> when he accidentally ran over a young British soldier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was actually in 1905.
1: Yeah. But eventually he started flying himself. And while he was not good at it at first, like he was described as being a shitty second-rate pilot, he kind of, you know... he was like, you know, pulled through and practiced and put his mind to it pretty soon, eh, he really took to the air (laughs) pretty good Um, and uh, by September of uh, 1916 he had shot down his first enemy Um, about the same time, his hero uh, Bullock, was uh, also shot down and killed uh, much to his dismay
0: Mm. it's a real uh, hero's journey
1: and this is interesting, so I'm going to do a slight spoiler alert The Baron shot down and killed, over the course of the war, 80 people. Um, And each time he did it, he commissioned a silver cup with the date and the kind of aircraft the other person was flying as a way to honor his (laughs) opponents. That is Um,
0: really almost serial killer level shit, though, in a way
1: i'll drink from your cup
0: yeah, yeah well like the way they'll like take a like toe or like an eyeball from someone
1: yeah well he had these little rewards but here's the part where it's not <laughs> but, that's right, when you said me.
0: rewards i just pictured like you know what <laughs> i earned this this is my cheat day i'm gonna to get my, myself a silver ass cup yeah.
1: welcome to my trophy den mm-hmm. every time every time uh Every time he shot down a plane, he got himself a little <laughs> Burger King. It was the only time. Anyways. But uh, he did this for the first 60 people he mm. shot down. Uh, at that point, there was a silver blockade <laughs> in in Germany. And he refused to make cups of lesser, more base materials <laughs> because he thought it would be like disrespectful. So he just stopped doing it, pretty much. But he shot down... 80 people overall.
0: (laughs) That's so... That's, like, such a weird dynamic between, like... It's insane, but it's also, like, kind of cool and fascinating and, like, a little... There's, like, that tinge of honor to it. Yeah,
1: I feel like there is a degree of honor on both sides. Because it seems like the tone he had for his enemies and his enemies had for him was one of, like, heavy mutual Mm -hmm. respect. Like, they always talk to each other in a very respectful, like... Obviously, they're trying to kill each other, but like
0: mad, mad props, dog.
1: I think there's a quote
0: from <laughs> respect, the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Respect knows respect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Lil B put a shout yeah. out to him actually at the, uh, at his, on his latest mixtape. Exactly. But he, uh,
1: so. I want to know, did the, did his, the silver
2: his... become rare because he was buying so many cups? <laughs> like it's kind of a chicken and the egg
1: situation. <laughs> it kind of is. That's a good question. And you know what? I might have to do a deeper dive to find the answer, but it's very possible. Anyways, uh his idol, the guy he idolized, Bullock, uh he would be very aggressive and you know, straightforward and kind of stunt. Like he would do a lot of air stunts kind of when in, he was in a hot dog, dog fights. Um he was a hot dog. And so was uh, Manfred's brother, Lothar, who also joined the Air Force. Uh, so did Wolfram, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and what, Lothar not,
0: what shot it? down Pikachu. F- what was the other one? Bobo? Uh,
1: oh, no. Uh, Bolko. Bolko. B-O-L-K-O. Okay. Bolko. Bolko. The only company Bolko. that makes Bolko. That might be right. I was going to make a marijuana joke, but then <laughs> I, I didn't.
2: Anyways. I mean, you still have time.
1: <laughs> we got well, all night, baby. I would have to explain to Brian that the thing you smoke marijuana out of is sometimes <laughs> called a bull and and sometimes it's called a doobie, I know. Uh, okay. Um he shot down uh an American ace named Hawker. Uh everyone's fucking name in this. Leno huh? Yeah, I think it's actually it was a British guy. Leno Hawker, I think, was his name, in November 1916. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile his brother and Wolfram were both kind of really good at this. I think one of them killed 40 people over the okay. course of the war. Uh he eventually became the leader of a a fragment a, a piece of the of the air force. So the overall air force was called the Joggenschwader or something like that? <laughs> oh, no. That's,
2: that's not scary. <laughs> <It's> like, ja- <laughs> oh, yeah. Here comes
1: Joggenschwader.
0: <laughs> well, I like your German bully voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but his specific regiment was called Jasta 11. Um, Not unlike the 1990s energy <laughs> drink of the same name.
2: <laughs> that stuff
1: got banned from clubs. They. Wait, w- yeah. what the fuck is this? Josta, the one with the jaguar oh, on a jaguar on it. Jaguar, okay. Yeah, it, was a, it was
2: an aphrodisiac. <laughs> that's why they sold it at like clubs and stuff.
1: Oh no! Wow, that's why I was so horny during the entire fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, just pounded fucking jaguar drink. <laughs> jaguar drink, yeah. Okay, so uh, they were also called Josta. Eleven was also known as the Flying Circus. Mm-hmm because um, they were their planes were brightly colored. They were almost all red, which was a decision that he made for almost no reason. <laughs> and they frequently had like tents when they moved, like from area to area. I don't know. I guess it was weird or dangerous to fly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, his particular method was based less on stunts and more on... Uh, tactical maneuvers so he would fly he would get the sun behind him and dive bomb his Mm -hmm. enemies um he was very careful like he had a reputation for being careful once when he was in training he risked flying through an active storm and like i said the wings of planes this time were basically Mm -hmm. paper and after that said all right i'm never doing that (laughs) shit again (laughs) Uh, and decided to be a little more careful. As a leader, he was known to be kind of humorless and unemotional and distant, uh, although some of his people in his command uh, dispute that and say he
0: was, like, a pretty good guy. Um, I mean, either way, he sounds German.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So his peak was in Bloody April. Did I mention this already? Bloody April, which was uh, April of 1917, I believe. He killed, in that month, 22 people, four of them in a single day. That's, uh, that's a lot of killing. Yeah. Um, I keep saying, I mean, like, it is killing, but yeah. it's war. It's not like he's sneaking no, into it's, houses it's like no, he's, and, he's, and striking. Both parties are trying to kill one another in these scenarios.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that is true.
1: So he gets shot, he got shot down a couple of times, but the most significant was in July of 1917. Uh, In the ensuing crash, uh, he hurt his head. And uh, it's said that when he was like initially hit, his plane was hit, uh, the head wound caused temporary blindness, but he still managed (laughs) to land at least somewhat safely. I mean, he was, he had uh, convalesce for two months in which he didn't fly. Uh, It said he worked on uh, an autobiography during that time, but it was later edited heavily, and he repudiated it. He said it wasn't what he wrote, and it's a bunch of propaganda bullshit. Okay. Um, Like the government edited it. Yeah, exactly. They made it like a German rallying cry for the people, because obviously by this point, he was like a hero of Mm -hmm. the German people. Later, so he, and he refused to take a ground job. He wanted to get back up in the air after his injury. And uh, it's said that he might have had permanent damage because he was prone to headaches and like after flight nausea after this. Okay. But one day, uh, in uh, I believe it was September of 1918, he was back in the air by this point, And a Canadian novice pilot named Wilfred Wap Fuck May, off. the Wap is in quotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. This is like the most podunk, like. Small town America. I got to get back to my sweetheart motherfucker <laughs> I've ever heard of. Uh, the WAP is in quotation marks. Is it an Italian slur? I do it, not know.
0: Yeah, that's... um.
1: um oof. I mean, intentionally. It is an Italian slur. I don't know right. if it's intentionally it's an Italian weird in slur. It's in
2: Canada, though. That's like a uh, interesting...
1: Old <laughs> WAP was up in the air with his school friend and commander, Arthur Roy okay, Brown when uh
2: pretty normal yeah
1: when a firefight broke out uh the baron was there some of his flying circus was there wolfram his cousin was involved in this flight but uh wop and the baron got into kind of a dogfight at this point and at some point it's not totally sure who but it may have been old wop sorry i have to say <laughs> wop so much somebody managed to get a bullet into the baron's plane uh And it's, you know, it damaged his heart and lungs so intensely that he was said to have died very nearly instantly. Like within a matter of minutes, if not seconds, like probably seconds. Mm -hmm. But he still managed to retain enough control to make a rough (laughs) landing before. (laughs) Even as a corpse. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Some people who were the first to reach the plane uh, claim that his... Last words included the word kaput, which is, you know, German for dead. (laughs) Anyways, uh, there was, um, you know, some people suspect because he was flying so carelessly and dangerously during that uh, particular battle, people suspect that his previous head injuries may have caused him to become more reckless. um, But it's not certain. Uh, Regardless, uh, he was... um, given a full burial like all the you know all the trimmings as it were and soldiers from the opposing armies actually sent reeves that said our gallant and worthy foe on them and there's rumors that opposing air forces did uh flybys over the funeral as a sign of respect yeah,
2: yeah. that probably um, didn't actually happen but that's cool
1: <laughs> no it's I think it's apocryphal, but there's rumors that it happened, so believe in the magical things (laughs) if you want, people. It's worth noting, he was eventually moved to his final resting place on uh, his family's grounds, but it's worth noting that when he died, he was 26 years old. Damn. So, yeah, pretty young guy. Uh, I also want to mention one other thing. Obviously, this guy has been referenced a lot in popular Mm -hmm. culture. Most most uh, notably, he's uh, Snoopy the Dog from Peanuts. Always has fantasies about fighting the Red Baron. And uh, there's two songs about this that my parents used to put on a lot when I was a kid by this band, the Royal Wait, Guardsmen. Wait, two songs by the same uh, one band? Is, yeah, about Snoopy fighting oh. the Red Baron. One called Snoopy vs. the Red Baron. And one is called Snoopy's Christmas Song or something? Uh, the first one's pretty straightforward. He fights the Red Baron. The second one, actually, the Baron forces him to land, and they have a Christmas <laughs> toast, and they both... Fuck like off. it's. Well, it's supposed to be yeah. a riff on the yeah, Christmas that makes truce. Sense.
0: Okay. That's
2: pretty cool.
1: But uh, the reason I bring this up, I think they actually wrote other songs about this, too. But the reason I bring it up is because they made one last song in 2006. And this is true. You can find this online. Called Snoopy versus Osama. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Oh, Jesus, really?
1: Which I shit you not, you could find online, and it ends with Snoopy shooting and killing Osama oh, bin yeah, Laden, no. who was How on the run at Eddie the time.
0: time. <laughs> they couldn't do like the Christmas truce version of that one. <laughs> Snoopy is
2: the most patriotic. No, they did not do a follow up. Just the most patriotic cartoon ever, Snoopy. I don't know. Yeah. I saw some like Calvin
0: stickers mm-hmm. where he was pissing on Osama Bin Laden.
2: Yeah, but what do you, you know? People would want him dead if he wasn't already.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, people probably wanted him uh, peed on too.
2: I mean, they probably still could
1: pee on him, part <laughs> of him. <laughs> Whenever you pee in the ocean, you're <laughs> peeing on Osama bin Laden. So
0: Whenever you pee in the ocean, that Brian, thing that happens all yeah. of the time. Brian, are you saying the ocean
1: is practically made to I be peed I don't peeing. know that that's true. It's not a fucking swimming pool. It's already full of, like, fish piss. You can pee in the pee ocean. In it already.
0: It's yeah, okay. True. Fair.
1: Yeah. Fair. Scientists predict that the ocean is forty five percent pissed.
0: And that's that's really the problem with sea level rise, is like the people cities are gonna be inundated, in. but people are gonna be like, I know there's I know there's a bunch of fish piss in here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and human.
0: Let's be yeah. honest. Oh, god damn it. Whales. I'll
1: bet even I'll bet there's even been like monkeys who pissed in the <sighs> sea before.
0: I can't I can't disprove that, and that's the most upsetting thing about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's... it's- it's,
1: you're upset that you can't prove that no monkey has ever peed can't in the ocean. <laughs> but I, can't just, I, like, right. I can't
0: see it it's, happening.
1: This is a real Bertrand's teapot situation we've got ourselves into.
2: <laughs> well, tip me over and pour me out.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the true story of uh, Manfred... Albrecht, Freehair von Richthofen, the Red Baron. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at ChangingDenver. Denver's changing. We can help.
2: Steve,
0: whenever you are ready. Um,
2: well, I'm sorry that you guys had to listen to a completely untrue story.
0: <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. I don't think anyone's done that.
2: What you just heard was so false. Uh, Red Baron. Red Baron was really a humble man. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, he grew up. He was young. He grew up in the Great Depression, and
0: (laughs) so oh, so after World
1: War One. Okay, after uh, my version ends with his death.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's not the real Red Baron.
0: Sliding doors.
2: You see, Red Baron, you get in my head a little bit, but that's not (laughs) the Red Baron. He was a very, very poor man. Mm. Uh, homeless. He was adopted. Mm. Uh, but uh, his his parents decided to get rid of him again. <laughs> 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 he had a rough life. Uh, and he was hanging out at the orphanage one day. Someone called. Someone came in to look at the kids and they, made, uh, <laughs> they a call. They came in and they talked to uh, the orphanage, orphanage and they said, hey, like, can we see your kids?
1: <laughs> and they said, yeah. The standard greeting <laughs> at an <laughs> orphanage. It was
2: different times, okay? <laughs> times were different. It was a less weighted question
1: then. Now, Steve, than. you... S- you say it was different times, but how many times have you gone to an orphanage? Because I'm pretty sure that's still standard <laughs> protocol.
2: I don't I don't want to adopt any orphans. I can't afford that. I'm a
0: comedian. <laughs> no, but you could still go in and like window shop.
2: I could. Anyways.
1: Yeah. You'll as a comedian, generally the standard thing to do is uh, invite a fellow comedian to live with you and they will function <laughs> basically as an orphan that lives so, in your home.
0: Uh, that is very close to home. Uh.
2: So anyways, they noticed uh, a child with red hair. Mm. And, but when they saw him, he was stealing a potato from another child's pocket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, where you keep potatoes. And so the guy,
2: well, uh, dude, they don't like the pocket's really the only thing they have, you know. Mm-hmm. Like these are poor kids;
0: <laughs> they just have a pocket,
2: <laughs> like a pocket, and if you're lucky, a pota- an uncooked potato, <laughs> just a raw potato, probably with spuds.
1: Yeah, they. My understanding is at the time they would just use, uh, you know, clothes pins or paper clips or something to just attach the pocket right onto their oh, skin.
2: Oh, huh. Yeah, if there wasn't, you know, if they couldn't afford sleeves, sleeves were, you know, (laughs) it's weird that clothes
0: were sold entirely a la carte. Also, (laughs) we call it bespoke.
2: (laughs) It's designer, you know, it's custom. Uh, But so the the two that were looking to adopt a child called him the Red Baron called him Red Baron and so that just kind of stuck so he grew up legally with the name Red Baron.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh he didn't have a middle name but he <laughs> he what? He was an entrepreneur of sorts and mm-hmm. you know he actually ran away from the orphanage and What are you laughing at? This is true. <laughs> he, <laughs>
0: He ran, away
2: you. At, he ran away at the young age of uh, 12 and a half. So he mm. wasn't even quite a teenager yet, But because he was going to have to pay more rent, unfortunately. It was a different kind of... At, at the orphanage. <laughs> like that, yeah, that, well, that's how they did it in the Great Depression, because yeah. demand was fucking high. <laughs> uh, there, there were a lot of orphans. And...
1: You were a pretty fucking well-off orphan if you got into the orphanage back in those days.
2: And they just kind of...
1: The street orphans would talk Mm -hmm. shit about the orphanage orphans. see, Red
2: Red was driven. He was driven to be the best. Uh, The best orphan he could be. Well, no, he didn't want to be an orphan anymore. He decided he was going to raise himself.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a tough goal.
0: He ran away.
1: Like, if you ever say, I can't imagine anything sadder than a young child if asking them what they want out of life and them saying, I don't want to be an orphan anymore. <laughs> that,
2: but see, that's what made Red so unique. <laughs> and that's why he is in all of the history books. Just for the, all the wrong reasons.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so he didn't get adopted. He ran away. Uh, During his mid-teen years, he was homeless. Uh, He was living on the streets of Brooklyn. Mm. um, And he would eat garbage to (laughs) stay alive. He didn't have any money. And Mm -hmm. he often would find that, ironically, two of the only foods that would last while freezing overnight in the street (laughs) would be... Mm. Potatoes Mm -hmm. and pizza. (laughs) Uh,
1: Right. Right. He was in... Some people would say he was the original pizza.
2: (laughs) But the thing is, is like that, like, you know, everybody loves pizza. We all get it. But (laughs) it was the idea that he had that really changed the game for all of the country. Mm -hmm. And what his idea was, was to... Put his frozen pizza inside of a box. (laughs) And so he...
1: He looked at the... This man looked at the materials available to him and said, what can I do with (laughs) this? Exactly.
2: Absolutely. But, like, you know, it was a thin cardboard. Uh, Mm. He only had, like, a two-by-two piece of, like, that good, thick cardboard to lay on the ground because he... Mm. Just didn't have that, but he got some thin, like, poster board, and he just kind of folded it around the frozen pizza (laughs) that he had taken from the dumpster, and he decided, hey, what a great idea. Maybe, maybe there's a market for this. (laughs) Uh,
0: Pizza that is not on the ground.
2: But, yeah, well, just, you know, you buy it in a box. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he started, he literally, this is like, you know, before health codes, but he literally would steal pizza and then cut it up into silly shapes like stars, <laughs> moon shapes. So, <laughs> you know, like.
1: Right. That. So I'm guessing a few sample shapes would be maybe hearts, stars, clovers, and his red balloons, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Yes. You could, you could say that it was
1: no? No one remembers the Lucky Charms commercials?
2: I, mean, I do, yeah. I was going to say, but it was, you know, Lucky Charms kind of got the idea for their box from the from Mr. Baron himself. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Not the idea for the cereal. The idea for, the package, I mean, the, the box. like Probably yes. the first, like, food box.
2: Yeah, frozen food box. And cereal decided, like, hey, we like the... We like the cut of this box.
1: (laughs) Because
2: he started writing and drawing on the boxes and people would be like, wow, what a beautiful box. (laughs) He would draw pictures of the pizza inside the box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask Steve, when he drew pictures of the pizza that was inside the box, At first, was it like when they showed that old movie where the train comes at people where they would just try to eat the box, not understanding? (laughs) Uh,
2: I mean, some people probably did, I'm sure. He had a a couple uh, lawsuits against him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them was people choking on the box, so (laughs) it's very possible. But he won that, actually. Uh... He won that case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad we have tort reform, so that kind of stuff can't happen nowadays. Well, they
2: were, you know, uh, he did lose a case. Um, one person was they they forgot to take their frozen pizza. It was a, it was another homeless person, and they were <laughs>
0: <laughs> they
2: were by a fire trying to warm up their pizza, and. They didn't take it out of the box, and the box actually caught fire. And they're only they had one like warm wool mitten, but the wool was very flammable, mm. and it just kind of <laughs> took them. The flame took them. <laughs> oh wow, such poetry. And, yeah, but they had a friend who really cared about them
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: cared about them so much they didn't want him to burn to death well he
2: i mean he might have burned to death still but you know there was a lawsuit that red also <laughs> oh, like the friend filed oh. the
0: lawsuit on their behalf yeah okay yeah it's 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 weird that this friend could file a lawsuit for them but couldn't like give them a home
2: well, I mean, no, like, that's what they were saving. They were already gonna sue, you know, any corporation.
1: The Mitten no. Company, the Mitten Company, for their flammable no, mittens.
2: They, you know, they were lucky to get a mitten
0: back in the day. <laughs> back in those times, this was a much harsher time.
2: It was, and that's. It's really like miraculous how Red rose from the bottom to, you know. A middle ground in the pizza realm, <laughs> not
0: to the top. It's not a rags to riches story, but it's a rags to like.
2: Like everyone knows yeah. that his pizza sucks, but they still, you know, they'll buy it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're saying in the pizza game, he started at the bread. He never made it to the cheese, but he no, got to the sauce. He socks. started at
2: the box.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: okay. And he never got to the other side of the
0: box. You just got to the pizza. <laughs> yeah. This metaphor is very confusing. It is. Uh, <laughs> also, that Drake, uh, Drake song uh, started from the bottom.
2: Now I'm not a good Now rapper, I'm stuck so. in a pizza. <laughs> it's, it's really less about the pizza and more about the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he right. He created that box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had... So many adventures along the way. Um, <laughs> when he when he first pitched the idea of the box to a corporation, um, they laughed at him. <laughs> they laughed at him, but
0: he's laughing now.
2: <laughs> it was noted later that uh, Mister Rockefeller himself was indeed upset that he
0: did not buy that (laughs) oh so rockefeller owned the pizza company
2: i don't i don't know he he just tried to sell it to him somehow they like i think he was like cleaning mr rockefeller's shoes at one point when they met okay the guy's like hey if you ever want to clean my shoes again
0: (laughs) okay i was gonna say because it's like i guess it's like how the newsies have access to both william randolph hearst and pulitzer i guess
2: yeah yeah they know the, the times that huh. you would he, it was a street ass so you do anything you do anything
0: so
1: was so as some some people might know Rockefeller of course was famously uh owner of an oil company so was he interested in putting his oil in cardboard <laughs> boxes for a while
2: uh no but you know like boxes around the oil like the giant what am I? What? Barrels. Yeah, barrels. Why? Why was that word not coming to me? You put the okay. So like yeah, double you put sealing. The, put the barrel in the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a nice like.
0: Yeah, just extra packaging.
2: Yeah, it's a nice quality. Like it. It doesn't really.
0: Hold my like. Well, it, yeah, just one barrel per box.
2: If that barrel falls over, like that box is completely ruined. But <laughs>
1: so the box really isn't doing shit.
2: It is though. It is aesthetically.
1: It's, you're right, Brett. It's it's extra packaging so you don't damage your oil <laughs> during transportation.
2: I mean, also if you froze the oil, now we're talking. You know,
0: <laughs> how how. <laughs> How does that make it better?
2: Because that's what the point of the box
0: is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm clearly not an innovator on this. Just like the way the Red bear came in and totally disrupted the box economy.
1: Look, I don't feel like... To be fair, Brian... We've only had boxes since apparently around the Great Depression, Just so there's a lot we don't know about kind them yet.
0: for frozen foods. There were other boxes. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Do you guys not understand how important <laughs> of an innovation this is? <laughs> he didn't have parents. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God damn it Just the way you sounded sort of wounded When you said that He didn't, poor
2: Red oh.
0: Oh, Steve, All thank right.
2: you I don't, know, you guys are still not Understanding The impact of this hat He, it was his idea to If you cut out the The label, the barcode And send it back, you would get like Three cents credit,
0: <laughs> which was a lot back a then. A lot,
2: <laughs> it was
1: actually what about only a half did he do back then? But... Okay, yeah, it was a <laughs> hey penny. Um, did he do box tops for education? Was that him?
2: uh, it was similar, but it was more to like you know, get rid of tuberculosis and shit.
0: <laughs> ok <laughs>
1: I thought it might be box tops for portions of clothing.
2: <laughs> no, he didn't. He was actually kind of a weirdo who had some sexual allegations like <laughs>
0: against himself. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 <laughs> Collar tug.
2: I mean, you know, but the box
0: Really.
1: <laughs> this honestly reminds me of the Hudsucker Proxy.
0: Yep, I can bit. see that. Before we delve any more deeply into that, let's. Uh, Steve, thank you.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: Um, before we move on, listeners, I uh, just want to remind you of our Patreon page uh, where you can help support the show. And uh, help us get new equipment, because I have a bad feeling about my computer. Um, And we have some great rewards there, and you can buy your right to vote. Uh, You can also check out the website, revisionistpodcast.com, where you can leave us a question, uh, ask us a comment. Um, I did those backwards. And uh, Mm. one thing that is super helpful for the podcast is uh, rating and reviewing on iTunes. Uh, That is, like, mad helpful. Uh, you can find us on any of the social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Revision. Just
1: log in. It doesn't matter what you write. Give us five stars and just
0: type in, he didn't have parents. <laughs> and as long as it's five stars, that's fine. Exactly. Um, we're also a member of the Denver Podcast Network. Real quick, I do want to extend my apologies. To uh, Daniel Aaron's Negro, and Layton Peterson of Discover Weekly for me fucking up their names so royally on the last episode, um, but you should check out all the shows on the Denver. And a preemptive apology for
1: fucking up their yep. names on this episode as well.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one of the uh, one of the shows on the Denver Podcast Network is the Denver Pizza Podcast, uh, which. Is a show hosted by uh, Paul Carolli, also of uh, Changing Denver, which is another podcast on the network, uh, where they rate and review every single pie in Denver. Uh, I've been on the show. Uh, we had an unfortunate choice of pizzeria. Um, but uh, it's a really fun show. Please check out the Denver Pizza Podcast. And a very appropriate plug for this yes. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, didn't even think of that. Um <laughs> Steve, uh, coming up on the uh, the Friday after this is released, uh, December eighth, you're hosting the three year anniversary show at Chain Reaction Brewing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really excited for it. It's kind of like a best of 2017. Oh yeah, it's you know there's only one headliner, but four of the comics on it are all headliners. So yeah, pretty solid lineup.
0: And Chain Reaction is a fucking amazing show. Um,
2: they got, they got good beer.
0: Yeah. Uh, so if you are in Denver, check that out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, as for me, uh, Nighttime Tonight exists. Uh, it's a show the third Thursday of every month, live late night show. The next one is coming up uh, December 21st. And uh, we typically collect for a different charity each month. That month, though, I'm going to be asking people if they have extra coats or toys to bring in to donate. Uh, we're going to be sending those along um, <clears throat> to... i going to edit this out till I remember. To uh, The Gathering Place, which is a local shelter for women and children. Uh, so if you are in Denver, come down to the Deer Pile, uh, December 21st at 9, and come to... December 21st? That's... Uh, December 21st
1: is the solstice, so... Go down to the deer pile, and maybe there'll be, you know, an old-fashioned solstice orgy going on during nighttime tonight.
0: If Honestly, if I run out of ideas for writing, that might be what we have to do. So um, do or don't come down to the deer pile for that.
2: You're Um, really selling it.
0: (laughs) Come down. It's going to be an awesome show. Um, uh, Another thing to check out is Cherry Magazine, which the winter issue should be coming out soon. Uh, it's, it's a great, uh, publication. You can find hard copies around Denver or you can get digital copies, uh, by donating even, I believe $1 on their Patreon. Uh, so check out Cherry Magazine and, uh, Rotten Girl Press, which publishes that. Uh, but now, uh, is the time for judgment. And I was honestly, I was torn for the longest time, uh, Up until Steve convinced, I think, all of us with, he didn't have parents. He didn't have parents. (laughs) Because I feel like voting against him is a vote against an orphan when I don't know that I can do that. Um, But both of you did a really great job this time. Holy shit. Um, And listeners, uh, the vote is now open. Uh, So you can cast your vote on the Patreon page. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, For everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn.
1: I'm Zach Powell. Have a good time. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.